To get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's get started. I'm absolutely thrilled, overjoyed, and honored to be joined by a celebrity music producer, composer, singer, and serial entrepreneur, and that is Marcus Bell. And Marcus is an influence maker who helps uh, people achieve their goals in life, and we'll talk all about that. Marcus, welcome to the program. Uh, Shalom. Thanks for having me on. Great to be here. It's such a pleasure. So I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Let's talk about that. You have a uh, fascinating background. Um, again, we've talked about a couple of the titles uh, that people call you by. But most important, um, I know we were talking uh, off air over here. You are a dad. And um, and I know that that is important to you. So let's talk about your life and how you got to where you are at now. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, my mother was a national tennis champion. So she was one uh, one of the women that played in the U.S. Open, and so uh, so she was a tennis champion. And my father was a serial entrepreneur. He had a trucking company. He had a, a pool shop. And so I I was brought up in an environment that really fostered uh, creativity, business, entrepreneurship, and so they they recognized something inside of me uh, as a a child prodigy a child music prodigy. Well, I was getting a lot of attention when I was playing the piano. So I started playing piano when I was two years old. I started producing songs when I was eight years old. And I started my first business when I was 12. And so some of my mentors were my first investors in a record label. And so my family was uh, very supportive and have always been very supportive. And I, I think that for uh, for parents, so me as a six uh, as the father of a six year old, <laughs> I recognize uh, how important it is to be in tune with kids because they are uh, you know the seeds that they have inside of them for entrepreneurship for creativity. If we allow them to grow, then you know the world is possible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I know that you are fond of saying that no matter what your goal is, you could achieve it if you really want to. And surely that has an impact in your personal life. Um, and I know that you are a mentor to, uh, to many, um, again, in their personal lives. But let's talk about in, on the professional side of things. So you have, uh, you have kicked off a wealth and impact boot camp. Um, and you're the uh, founder of the program leader. Um, and uh, I will say this, that you have quite the following um, partially having to do with your uh, Amazon number one bestselling book. 
uh, Bellringer Branding Bible, five musician branding principles for singers, rappers, DJs, music producers, composers, writers, and recording artists, but also some of the, uh, some of the, uh, your, your work in, in music and uh, for many brands and for many amazing artists um, whose list is way too long to, uh, to go through. So you have taken all of those principles and you've actually made it very, uh, very usable um, for entrepreneurs. Um, and uh, so let's talk about that. What is that boot camp and, uh, and who are you trying to help? Yeah, so I, I help influencers, musicians, politicians, community leaders, and just some regular folk <laughs> that want to make an impact with their lives. And so to go from success to significance really is what Wealth and Impact Bootcamp is about. Um, so I, I found in working with a lot of uh, well-known you know, celebrities that when they're on their way towards their goals, their aims, right? And let's say you get that Grammy, you get the Oscar, you get in the office, whatever that is for you, you reach a million dollar net worth or, or, or the, the job that you wanted. Well, a lot of times the day afterwards, <laughs> right? There's, there's like, oh, is this all that that was, right? And so what I find is that if you're creating something bigger, like a bigger big for your life, then you start to dwell in the world of significance as opposed to just success. And so I, I help people really discover their bigger big in life. That's because whatever you think it is that you're working on right now that's big, is is there's something bigger. And so Wealth and Impact Bootcamp really gets into that, uh, gets into how can you take your life and and bring forth some offer of value in the marketplace that really helps uplift people. So, Marcus, um, who is the uh, the Wealth and Impact Bootcamp um, sort of geared towards? And walk us through, I guess, some of the some of the curriculum and some of the skills that you've learned in your life um, that you are now uh, making accessible um, to others out there that uh, potentially can follow in your footsteps. Yeah. So, so there are some things that kind of exist in culture, some cultural narratives that that we kind of have to unpack and dismantle. So, one cultural narrative, for example, is time is money, right? Time is money is a narrative that often traps people, right? So, so if, if you are basing your value on time as money, uh, as opposed to money as value, then you trap yourself into, you know, whether that's a nine to five situation or, or, or basically uh, looking at, you know, your pricing for your offers, whether it's uh, entrepreneurs, uh, endeavor, whether you're a coach or something like that, right? You're, you're measuring yourself uh, in a way that constrains the possibility for your financial growth, right? And time is much more valuable than money, <laughs> right? It's one of our, our scarcest resources. So, so we look at narratives, we look at, you know, how do you construct uh, your, your life story in a way that offers value? We look at things like time, we we look at uh, building wealth, not just income, but but your net worth, cash flow, as well as impact. You know, and like I said before about a bigger big. See, because 
what we've discovered is what you focus on grows. So whatever it is that you're focusing your energy, your efforts, your attention, your scarcest resources on, that grows. And so, uh, so Wealth and Impact Bootcamp helps to create a context for, for creating what that important focus is in your life. And then, then out of Wealth and Impact Bootcamp came the 100 Days Impact Challenge. And so the 100 Days Impact Challenge, which is 100 days with a Z, 2021 or 2022, or 2023 or 2030, depending upon when you're listening to this, uh, is an opportunity for, for people to engage with some of the Wealth and Impact Bootcamp uh, practices. Well, oh, that's so important what you were doing, uh, 100 Days Impact Challenge. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Um, and that's great. And I know that the boot camp is a six month, which I don't know how you pack it in because you're, you're squeezing in so much from your own experiences, um, and on your website, which we'll share in just a moment. I know you have many testimonials where, uh, where some pretty impressive names have certainly learned a thing or two. And, and it's, it sounds like there's been a lot of collaboration and a lot of really, really good impact, um, that has, uh, that has come from that. So my final question to you, Marcus, as we quickly run out of time here on uh, on get down to businesses, what's next for you? What's what's your hundred day challenge? What's what's next in your life? Yeah, so my hundred day challenge, uh, the last one that I did, because I believe in stacking challenges, and and basically, if you have about four opportunities to to create a difference in your life in some area of importance. The biggest thing about the 100 days challenges is community. And so, so my next 100 days challenge is really building more and more community around Wealth and Impact Bootcamp, as well as the 100 days impact challenge. Awesome. Well, again, I've been chatting with Marcus Bell, um, a fascinating serial entrepreneur, and I'll just pick that title out of many. Uh, Marcus, uh, you've shared so much with us, and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can get a hold of you. Uh, can you share your website and contact information so how pe- for how people can uh, sign up for, uh, for the boot camp? Absolutely. So there's an application process because we really want to make sure that you know, someone is up to something that we can really add value for. So that's wealthandimpactbootcamp.com. And there's an application there. And then for the 100 Days Impact Challenge, you just go to 100 Days with a Z, 2021, and and sign up uh, for, for the challenge. Uh, it's, it's, you'll get 100 videos, 100 emails, 100 text mm-hmm. messages, a mini course, and, and, and a community of support for you to pursue your biggest aims. Well, I encourage everybody to uh, to sign up and learn more. Marcus Bell, you've been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to squeeze in a quick break, quick break here on the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back when we return. Welcome back to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shalomkline.com, where you can download podcasts from the past eight plus years of shows. And speaking of impact, which we definitely got a great taste of in our first segment, continuing the conversation with uh, Jason Patton, um, who is uh, certainly making an impact um, through uh, the uh, Schiller Access Initiative, investing $500 million in top colleges uh, around the country. Uh, Jason, welcome to the program. Hey, Shalom. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. 
It's, it's great to have you. So uh, as always, love to get to know uh, the person behind the microphone. You are the foundation executive director and CEO and um, the foundation. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about the overall work. And then we'll, uh, we'll get towards uh, this new investment, this new access initiative as well. So tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, so I have a background that's actually very similar to what the uh, the Education Foundation focuses on. So the SEF is a foundation focused on supporting liberal arts colleges, uh, which we think create a, a great opportunity for students to have a, a really terrific education and a great foundation for life. Uh, and we particularly focus on uh, having high achieving, low income, underrepresented students attend those colleges. And my background actually reflects that kind of a journey because I grew up very poor, uh, single mom, two kids as a teenager. She did the absolute best she could, but college was never really part of the picture. It wasn't feasible. Um, but I had two English teachers in high school who took me under their wing. They brought me to colleges, uh, did everything to, to make me believe I could do this. And I wound up going to a great liberal arts college, Bates. Um, and that really changed the trajectory of my life. I wound up getting an MBA from the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth and, you know, have run a bunch of businesses since then. So that experience really mirrors what we try to do with the foundation. And it's been great to be able to be a part of this. That's absolutely fantastic. And your story um, shows uh, why you have that, uh, that passion uh, for making a difference um, for uh, for both undocumented students as well as eligible students uh, at highly selective liberal arts colleges. So let's, uh, you know, head in that direction. Um, sure. You have launched the uh, the access initiative, um, which is one of several programs. Um, and it is that that is that is absolutely huge. And uh, many students have uh, have stories like like your own, and it's amazing. Obviously, I can't show this on on the radio airwaves, but I'm looking at a picture of students that have benefited from the SEF, and um, we'll talk some more a little bit about the uh, the the background of the foundation as well. But uh, tell us about the Access Initiative. Sure. The Access Initiative is our most recent program. It's actually going to launch in a month, basically, at the beginning of July. Um, and as you mentioned, it is a $500 million investment from the foundation uh, to help approximately 20 to 25 colleges radically increase their access for low-income, eligible, and undocumented students. These schools really want to serve as many low-income and undocumented students as they can, but they often don't have the money to do so because these students can't afford to, to pay for the tuition. So by the foundation providing um, capital to open up those seats, you create an opportunity for that school to become diverse, that school to bring in a lot of great students and also to lay a foundation for long-term access because along with our 500 million, we are asking each school to match the money they receive. So it's actually gonna be a billion dollars invested in access where our 500 million is matched by our uh, college's donors for another 500 million. That's, that's incredible. And, and it will be amazing to see the impact of this again, when you look uh, years down the road and you look at some some the, the the quality of the of of the students that are going to come out and no doubt make an impact across uh, across the country across the world 
um, for sure. And I know that there's uh, pretty specific uh, criteria um, for uh, for the uh, for the colleges, and um, and we, you know we could talk a little bit more about that. So zooming out for a moment, the uh, the Schiller Ed- Education Foundation. So um, what's the history of the foundation, and what's the overarching uh, mission and uh, and and vision and values? Sure. So the Schuler Education Foundation was started by Jack Schuler, who is a biotech investor. Jack was uh, the president of Abbott Labs for a while, and he created several um, biotech firms, including Stericycle or Quidel. Um, and Jack and his daughter, Tanya Sharman, about 20 years ago, decided that they wanted to start the Schuler Education Foundation, largely to focus on giving individual students the opportunities to matriculate to these great schools. So uh, through the foundation, they founded the Schuler Scholar Program, which is the other major program that we run and that I oversee. And the Schuler Scholar Program is basically a college access program that works in 15 schools here in Chicago and in the Milwaukee region. We um, accept at the beginning of high school and freshman year, um, really high achieving students Um, who are, again, underrepresented, typically often students of color, give them four years of academic coaching, leadership training, and college counseling to help position them to unlock that potential and get into those great schools. And for about 15 years, that's what we focused on was specifically the scholar program. But ultimately, Jack and Tanya both felt that we could increase our impact by moving up the value chain, if you will. So we continue to work with individual students in high schools here in Chicago, but we thought going to those liberal arts colleges themselves and strengthening their financial positions, as well as, you know, the research that comes into supporting these students, we felt like we could add impact by moving up that value chain and supporting both individuals and the institutions that we want them to go to. Mm-hmm. And I'm chatting with the uh, foundation uh, executive director, uh, Jason Patnut, and uh, really, really excited about this new access initiative. And I mentioned uh, just a couple of minutes ago, I'm looking at some of the pictures on your website, which we'll share with our listeners for sure. Um, but the impact, the impact is really where it's at. And uh, I understand you are very focused on furthering the success of individuals and communities. But let's talk about that in the history of the foundation. Tell us about some of the success stories and some of the uh, some of the students, families, communities, and schools that you've been able to uh, to make a difference in. Sure. We have served over 1,500 students in the Schuler Scholar Program. And again, that number is going to grow exponentially once the access initiative takes place. And the stories that you hear are absolutely remarkable. So we have students um, who have gone to really the absolute top schools in the country, uh, Harvard, Dartmouth, Stanford. Um, and, you know, we we have um, a, a couple of alums, Irvin and T.P. Gomez, who are amazing guys. Um, Irvin went to Dartmouth, T.P. went to Yale. Um, they're both entrepreneurs now at this point. And, you know, to see their achievements, it's, it's incredible. We have another um, scholar alum, Oscar, who actually went to Dartmouth. And then he was instrumental in Congress talking about Uh, redefining the idea of undocumented students and changing the description from illegal alien to something that's a little bit, um, you know, more fair in in terms of this undocumented um, student situation. So they're leaders. Um, We've got doctors, we've got lawyers. 
um, filmmakers, lots of entrepreneurs. It's really exciting to see. And, and we're just proud to be able to unlock the incredible potential these students bring to the world. Yeah, absolutely. And really exciting to watch uh, the impact as well. So uh, the Access Initiative, I know that you uh, have very specific criteria, again, for the schools that are uh, that can take advantage of uh, the uh, the investment of uh, up to uh, $500 million um, across uh, across the nation. Uh, I understand you're focusing on working with up to uh, 20 highly selective liberal, liberal arts colleges. So, so, so much more on the Access Initiative as well as the foundation in general on your website. And I wanna make sure our listeners know where they can get a hold of you, learn more about the work, learn more about the stories, uh, again, of how you are furthering the success of indi individuals and communities. Jason, can you share that contact information? Absolutely. So um, you can go to Schuler educationfoundation.org and Schuler is spelled S-C-H-U-L-E-R. Um, and there you can see links to both the Access Initiative and the Schuler Scholar Program. So if you are a college interested in being part of the Access Initiative, go there, you'll see a form to fill out. If you're a high school or a family interested in the Scholar Program, you can also see a link there to reach out to us. And we would love to talk to anybody. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show to share your story and share a little bit about the impact that you are that you are having. Um, definitely check out the website. And as always, be sure to get on my website, shalomkline.com. I'll link to the uh, Schiller Education Foundation, as well as all of our amazing guests, including our upcoming guest, Michelle Ladd, who is doing such important work with veterans through the uh, through National uh, Veteran Resources, and I believe an upcoming visit to Chicago in the upcoming months. So we are going to squeeze in the headlines, a quick break. And when we return, we'll be chatting with, uh, with Michelle, as well as continuing our conversation all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. As promised, I'm thrilled to be joined by a fantastic advocate uh, for veterans um, and a uh, and a really an advocate for helping uh, veterans and preventing veteran suicide. Michelle Led, Michelle, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Shalom. Absolutely, and I know you are the mom of uh, of uh, of veterans right now, and I know that you have dedicated your days and nights um, to this mission. So let's briefly talk about you. All right, so I started out as a real estate agent in Rochester, New York, and when my oldest son went off to war, I started a program and I named it Heroes Home Advantage, and it's a real estate rebate program for heroes. And I started hearing their stories. Um, I started talking to police officers, firefighters, military, reservists, National Guards, and I heard a common thread. So a few years ago, I decided that I wanted to help with post-traumatic stress and suicide prevention. And so I bought my first RV and started traveling the country, thanking heroes for their services. And it's a very challenging life. I stay in a lot of parking lots and um, I've traveled through the mountains and the deserts. I'm on my fourth RV. And the reason why we're coming to Chicago is we're getting this RV wrapped. So it's, it's really all about the RV. And it's just such a billboard of thanking our heroes for their services and helping them with uh, PTSD and suicide prevention. That's incredible. And I know we can't show what the wrap looks like, but uh, I mean, it, it is absolutely incredible. The awareness that you are bringing to call it service in general, but also 
um, raising attention and, and all on your website, which we'll share um, shortly, you have a lot of resources, which is really what this is all about. And you've uh, combined uh, some fantastic uh, philanthropic and giving um, companies that have uh, that have supported um, your work. So let's talk about some of the stories that, that you've heard. If you, uh, Michelle, I'm sure it's hard to pull out one story in particular, mm-hmm. but tell us, tell us about a veteran that, uh, that you've been able to, uh, to make a difference for. Well, we've helped hundreds now, but um, just within the last couple of days, I had a veteran reach out to me. He's uh, suicidal. He's an alcoholic. He still has a job. So I talked to them myself first, one-on-one. And I was able to connect him to Kirk, who does the emotion code for my veterans. I also hooked him up with Brett, who does Stress is Gone. It's for anxiety and depression. I also hooked him up with a local veteran um, in Chicago, actually, to do peer-to-peer support. And um, we're actually going to be visiting. We actually visit these veterans and first responders Um, The end result is meeting mothers and family that have lost their veteran children to suicide. So we're also about uh, providing comfort and support to these moms of the group that I started with Mothers of Veteran Suicide. So we travel the country and meet the moms. They get in the RV. Um, News reporters are called everywhere we go to help us spread awareness. And it's about educating our heroes and letting them know they're not alone and uh, they, they have purpose and we don't want to see them go. So from our hearts, this is my ministry and um, we do all we can do to find resources for them to help them through their crisis. Absolutely. And I, I don't think many of our listeners are aware that uh, on average, 22 veterans are dying um, from suicide each and every day. Um, yes. So you're using that RV as a place for veterans to talk out their feelings. And um, you, you, you've driven all over the country, slept in many parking lots and, um, <laughs> and have had many, many, many a conversation. But the, the, the rap, yeah. the, uh, the, the awareness as you drive down the roads, I'm sure you get many, many folks honking at you and, and uh, quite a bit of awareness. And it is so important what you're doing. And I can tell you from the, uh, from the capacity of a service member myself, I, can, I, I just want to say thank you for what you're doing. And I do also want to say thank you to all of the companies that have supported you in the process. So with that, Michelle, as we, as we come to the end of our time over here, are there any companies that you want to give a shout out to that have really gone above and beyond? And of course, how can people get a hold of you? Well, I can tell you, MO Graphics there in the Chicago area has uh, gifted us a wrap. And um, we have uh, Ron there, the veteran there, is uh, looking for sponsorships. There's a, a small cost. And we're coming July 4th. We're going to be in New Lenox for the big 4th of July event. And we're going to get to speak on stage for half an hour so anybody want to come out and see us and see the reveal of the new wrap, we welcome you. But uh, we thank anybody that wants to help support us and sponsor us. It's uh, it's quite an expensive venture. And, and we also need help helping our heroes. Yeah, and I, I hope that everybody tuning in um, tonight will um, will get on your website, donate a support mm-hmm. and uh, say thank you to uh, to to those that are helping and also uh, be a partner. Um, I know you can never have enough partners in, in your work of raising awareness. So Michelle, yes. Ed, you're doing such important work. Again, what's your website where people can donate and learn more? Thank you. It's just National Veteran 
veteranresources.com. Nationalveteranresources.com. And I encourage everybody to get on the website, make a donation, learn more. And I know more information will be posted about the event in New Lenox and, and of course, uh, about your tour all over the country. So say, thank you for your such important work. So um, with that said, we are going to squeeze in a very quick break here and get down to business. When we return, we'll continue our conversations about entrepreneurship um, as we talk to the amazing uh, founder, CEO of, uh, of Bookshelf, a rising content platform. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back uh, to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. And be sure to check out our sponsors of the program, the amazing uh, chicagosignaturelimo.com for all of your transportation needs. Um, also now actually expanding into, uh, into South Florida. So that's awesome. Check them out as well as Tom Arbali from healthplanchicago.com. But as promised, we are back with the CEO, co-founder of Bookshelf, a brand new uh, platform. Um, which is uh, which is doing some amazing, amazing things, uh, focusing on digital content. And I'm thrilled to be joined by Mike Aben. Mike, welcome to the program. It's great to be here. So, Mike, uh, behind every successful business, there is a successful entrepreneur, and behind every successful entrepreneur, there's usually a fascinating story. What's yours? Yeah, so uh, I would note that there's there's three co-founders of Bookshelf, and I am just one one leg on the on the stool that is the co-founding team. But myself. Um, I went to law school, not really knowing what I wanted to do, and very quickly became fascinated with media and tech. Um, and while most of my colleagues were going to a big law internship for their second year, I wanted to do something in media. Uh, and so I went actually down to Nashville and worked on Music Row uh, with Johnny Cash's lawyer, learning about the music business. And uh, really, IP rights, uh, got back to law school, wrote my legal research paper on the music business as a function of technology. Uh, but no one was hiring for a new media attorney uh, with no experience. This was in 2012. So I went to the big, bad, evil corporate law firm for about two years and decided I hated it. And I had started practicing when I was 24. Uh, so when I was 26, I, I quit and bought a car and drove across the country to L.A. to where interesting things were happening in media and entertainment. Um, and was able to convince the owner of uh, what was called a multi-channel network at the time to hire me to build business models around this new concept called influencer. These were people that had been able to accumulate millions of followers on these new digital platforms. And the business was really, really in its infancy. And so I was excited just to figure out what does it mean to have a million followers? Yes, you can sell products, but what about merchandising? What about licensing? What about touring? What about scripted content? Um, but as we got deeper, and this is where I met some of my co-founders, as we got deeper into this influencer space, we started to get frustrated because what inspired me was that in, you know, at the time we had access to more content, information and knowledge than at any point in history. Like in the past, you used to have to go to a store and buy a record, come home, put it on your turntable and then listen to it. And we now have everything instantly accessible, every book, every article, every song, every Twitter post is immediately accessible, but the platforms that we were building all these businesses on really only focused on a small slice of that content universe. And as someone myself who loves digital content, who loves what creators have been empowered to do by these new tools that have emerged, it seemed like a wasted opportunity. Um, and we really wanted to figure out a way to focus on the broader content universe. Like if you look at YouTube, it's really focused on 
low cost, high volume content. So that's gaming, that's vlogs, that's pranks, beauty, things that cost nothing to make, but where was the space for the more interesting, the more erudite, the more intellectual, the more niche, the stuff that isn't necessarily gonna play to a YouTube audience that other people might find interesting. And like on an individual case, uh, how do you express yourself through content? So uh, your listeners can't see it, but I have a bookshelf over my shoulder. And that's the stuff that I think is really worthy of going on my actual bookshelf. It's a representation of my own brand. Um, and so onto the entrepreneurship journey, this is an idea and you start talking about it. And I found, I was fortunate to find one of my co-founders and start getting passionate about this. Gosh, this must've been in 2016. And we spent, I don't know, nights, weekends. He was in New York, I was in LA at the time and we would have calls and we would try to figure out what this would look like. Is it a newsletter platform? Is it some other type of technology? Um, and we brought on our third co-founder who was sort of a really, really well-known guy passionate individual in the digital content and influencer space. And the three of us really started putting our heads together and literally draw it. Like, how does this actually look? Let's get mock-ups. And so I found a designer to put together um, like a, like a demo, like not even a functional app. Like you only press certain buttons, it would work. And it was, you know, the only, it, it was purely for demonstration purposes. But once we actually had it and people understood it and they're like, yeah, this should exist. That's when things really started moving because we found a developer to actually make it. Um, truth be told, this was an 18 year old who had come out with some really, really incredible apps that uh, was just getting started in his in his journey as a professional. Um, and he built an incredible system, completely custom back end, completely custom front end to help us visualize this journey. And if you know anything about entrepreneurship, it starts uh, at, and that's basically the bottom of the mountain, then you start climbing. And so you start iterating and you start refining your product to make sure that it's really going to fit the purpose that you intended to. Um, so that's the start of the journey. And that's how we really started Bookshelf. Wow, what a journey. What a fascinating journey. And um, just before we go to break in a minute, I am curious how COVID has sort of uh, upended all of this. We have access to more content than ever before. So has COVID sort of been a game changer for you? Yes, I mean, absolutely. Um, one, like as a startup, just the way that you plan out your growth and your capital funding, like everyone went heads down and didn't know when it was going to come back up. So you immediately have to start planning for the long term, you know, become a camel, not a cheetah. Um, and then when you think about how social apps grow, there's no word of mouth. There's no, uh, you know, there's so much less social interaction in real life, your authentic self, what we were really trying to do. And I think that that, that joie de vie that drove a lot of interest, like there was no food, no movies, no travel, no events, no things that people could use to really get excited about that would add so much value to our platforms. And so we sort of had to really focus on the specific content communities that would fit the best. And so for us, we actually started with STEM, science, tech, engineering, math, and we would, you know, went into entrepreneurship, biohacking, because these were areas that were relevant during the pan or, you know, through the pandemic. And we, we knew there'd be an opportunity afterwards for the rest. Absolutely. Well, so, so much more to cover. So, uh, Mike, stick around. We're going to continue our conversation with one of the co-founders of Bookshelf, the one brave enough to come onto the program. We'll be right back here and get down to business when we return.
Welcome back to Get Down to Business and uh, continuing my conversation with Mike Aubin, who is the, uh, uh, the CEO and co-founder of uh, Bookshelf, a rising content platform built on curation. And uh, now a new modernization program for creators is now uh, up and running, which allows curators on the platform to be able to monetize um, their uh, their their content um, via tips from the bookshelf community, which is pretty exciting. So, Mike, we uh, we were just chatting right before we went to break about how uh, how COVID has uh, has sort of upended things. And so, when we talk about content, let's get a little bit more into the details. There's all sorts of different um, formats and media that's out there. So, let's talk about some of the examples of what's what's on bookshelf right now and how your curators are uh, taking advantage of the uh, of, of the platform. Right. So I think it's helpful to just give a brief overview. So your bookshelf is made up of all of the shelves that you are curating and all of the shelves that you are subscribed to. And you curate a shelf on a specific topic, whether that's radio hosting or sports or journalism or whatever you happen to be passionate about. You can add any type of content, as you mentioned, like this is distinct from something like Goodreads or YouTube that's focused on one specific media format. We saw that anything is now accessible, whether that's an article, a podcast, um, or even a Twitter post. Um, And we saw when we launched the emergence of this new type of digital creator, the curator, that generally fit into one of three categories. They're usually like an expert or a professional, so academics and PhDs, uh, creators, so podcast hosts, Substack writers, medium writers, or just people that are really passionate about a certain subject that happen to know a lot about it or like to express themselves through content around it. And coming from the digital space, looking at how these platforms scaled, we thought it was a missed opportunity not to bring the people that are actually creating the content and curating the content into the value creation process. Like if you look at Twitter, if you look at Instagram, no one's getting paid for contributing all of that content. And given that we're a little bit of a higher level and we want people to take time and effort and really build out something special, we wanted to build a a bridge so that their audience could start compensating them. This is distinct from subscription, which is, I'm going to pay you in the future for future value. This is, I like what you're doing. I want to support it. Here's a dollar. Here's $2. Here's $100. And the other aspect that we saw that was really interesting was that some curators had asked for all of their tips to go towards nonprofits. And as more have publicized this, it's almost like a social signaling exercise. Other curators have come forward and said, I want mine to go to this nonprofit as well. And so it's a really great way to just create awareness on specific topics. Um, And if you don't want to take the money yourself, you know, 100% of of the the money that comes in is going to either the curator or the cause that they're curating around. Um, And so it's just a great way to create knowledge around specific topics or to compensate people that are scouring the internet for the best things that you're interested in so that you don't have to. A true win-win, absolutely. So Mike, we are quickly running out of time and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can learn more, whether they're uh, whatever side of the uh, of the fence that they're on, learn more about Bookshelf, which is no doubt going to continue to make a massive, massive impact because I think that our world is is going to continue to move in this direction, um, not to uh, diminish the uh, the the more traditional brick and mortar uh, content uh, libraries. Uh, but Bookshelf is so important, and that I, I know that you have that Bookshelf over your shoulder right now, so um, so I know you're you're proud of that, Mike. How can people get a hold of you and learn more about the platform? Sure. So uh, that's bookshelf, B-O-O-K-S-H-L-F.com. So bookshelf without the E, also in the app store, uh, bookshelf. Uh, you can, you know, I'm actually going to give my email address as someone who loves to interact with uh, our audience, mike at bookshelf.com. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions, comments. 
um, and check out the platform and just start exploring. Like you will literally fall down rabbit holes and find shelves about topics that you never knew people were interested in, but that are just fascinating. And it goes from the niche to the broad, to things you know something about, to things you had never even thought existed. So it's a really exciting experience. And I hope that every one of your listeners gets a chance to check it out. Well, I'm excited to uh, to spend some time on the platform as well. So, uh, Mike, Abin, thank you so much for joining us. And what a fantastic show. What a fantastic lineup. We've learned all about impact, talked with some great organizations. And I am excited to learn more. All of our guests will be linked to from my website, shalomkline.com, which is also where you can download the show. Uh, success. Let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AIM 560, The Answer.